This special episode is an audio archive of the UK Games Expo panel Judge Dread in the Worlds of 2000 AD Q&A, originally live-streamed Saturday, August 22nd on the Ian Publishing Judge Dread in the Worlds of 2000 AD Facebook page and our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash ianpublishing. Hello, 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 and this is Ian Publishing back at the UK Games Expo Virtually Expo. I'm here with my colleague Mark, who's the line manager for the 2000 AD line, which we're going to be discussing today. Mark, I'll pass over to you so you can introduce yourself and talk about 2000 AD RPGs. Uh, hello, hello, I'm Mark Langworthy. I'm the line manager for 2000 AD and um, Judge Dredd, as Jess said. Thank you, Jess. Uh, we're here today to talk things from Judge for Dread through to Strontium Dog, uh, Rogue Trooper, and maybe even a £3 nobbler or two. Definitely, definitely. So those that aren't familiar with uh, 2000 AD and Judge Dread, what, it, what is that world like in the comic books? So it's, it's kind of an extreme dystopian future where, um, for Judge Dread specifically, um, where humanity is kind of gathered into huge conurbations called megacities. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything outside of the megacities is either, either ruined wasteland or, or just unlivable for, for whichever reason. And we particularly picked up Judge Dredd at the kind of start of his career and followed him. Th- we're following through the supplements as, as the comic books progress back in the day, basically. Um, although, having said that, the core book gives you a wide range of eras to play in. In the supplements, we're kind of moving through his timeline very slowly. But yeah, kind of very authoritarian police force um, that are very strict on the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just in, instant judgment, basically, by the by the um, judges. You know, they, they spend a lifetime from childhood training to to be able to carry out the tasks. Well, that sounds lovely, and nothing like modern times we live in now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay, great. So, um, so that's kind of a, the setting. Some people will be kind of familiar with with that world and, and what's you know what's happening with that. So, specifically, what is it you do in your job? Because I mentioned you were the line manager. Uh, so, what what does that involve? Yeah, so I came on uh, towards the end of last year and picked up with the cast staff, um, and that involved basically wrangling all the text we'd already had from from the crew of writers, um, getting that into a layout a, a format for layout, um, mm-hmm. ensuring all the artwork fit in the right places. So we have a, a great um, art director in the form of Michael McCarthy, who um, gathers all the artwork from Rebellion and mm-hmm. assigns as, as, as much as possible to to the text. So we work as a team, really. I, I kind of oversee the team to make sure all those elements come mm-hmm. together into the beautifully produced book that ends up in people's hands. The beautifully produced book like this one, do you mean, Mark? L- like that one, yes. Exactly like this book. one. So this is the core kind of rule book here uh, that I've got in my hands. Uh, we have our first comment here. Uh, yeah, it's Jess and Mark, and yeah, it is. Um, so Mark's introduced himself and what he does. Um, my name is Jessica. I am the publishing administrator. I do all the boring stuff in the background to help run the business that Russ doesn't want to do. Um, so right now it's just myself and Mark, uh, but we will have uh, lots of wonderful people joining us. Uh, so in a bit, we're going to have Russ and Darren join us, who are responsible for this beautiful thing here. Uh, we're also having uh, Andrew uh, coming along, who helps write, well, who helped, who did write the Robot Wars. Uh, we're also having John White as well come along to discuss the books he's written. So we're going to have more people kind of jumping in as we go through the stream to keep a bit of variety with it there. So we have uh, a lot of love coming through from people here. Uh, these guys do a really fun Twitch stream 
uh, of uh, they're running their game of Judge Dredd, which I think you watched it with me, didn't you, Mark? We watched their first episode of it. Yeah, this Judge Wolf. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're a great bunch of guys. Um, I try and I try and get them. It's, it's for the UK. It's very late for us, um, but I do try yeah. and get on as much as possible if I'm working late. But they are they're a good crew. Mega Cooch is quite fun. And yes, ooh, shiny books. The books are very shiny. That's a, another one of our writers there, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's kind of a brief thing that's going on. We've got lots of people leaving comments, which is fantastic. Uh, and uh, very interested for the news on Rogue Trooper Source Book. Well, keep watching. We'll let you keep know watching, how yeah. uh Okay, so I'm going to jump in a little bit more. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the, the, the setting and the 2000 AD kind of line uh, and what we do with that. So talking more in detail about the game so if people are familiar with judge dread they know the setting they've played a few role-playing games can you tell us about the mechanics of the gaming and the system and how, how that works yeah sure we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier on our morning live stream um so the mechanics behind judge dread are mm-hmm. the what's old is, what's old is new system mm-hmm. um so they've taken the kind of elements of the three fantasy uh modern and futuristic settings um taken the best of those elements and made it the the mechanics behind Judge Dread, um, mm-hmm. and we do we do draw on various elements of of the three settings as well. Funnily enough, because if you go out yeah. staff, it's a very different setting from the kind of futuristic uh, setting of just in, in the mega cities. Um, so we do mm-hmm. work between the three, but that's yeah. all available as part of the core book. That's very good. Um, so somebody's commented here that they really like the career style of character generation. Um, so it gives a feel for the character. So how does character generation work in um, in the core rule book? Uh, so it's a life path system. So you kind of you you pick your species. Um, you know, you could be a human, uh, you could be a robot, you could be a, a clone, um, one of the judge clones kind of thing. Um, and and the species open up as the supplements. Um, you delve more into the supplements. So you pick a species, and that gives you a basis to start from with your statistics. Uh, and then you kind of pick an adolescent career, and then evolve into other careers, um, and progressing up through those five stages really of a of a life path into into where you first go out and, and steps take your adventuring steps uh, so to say into the um into the wide world of the mega cities yeah that's pretty much how it was i um when i first saw the system um i was i, I was worried it was going to be really complicated to make the character but i actually found it with the book reasonably easy to kind of make uh, my character with it so at first look i think for, for someone like me who plays a some lighter rpg sometimes i was a little bit like oh no but actually when you go through it it actually makes quite sense and it's quite logical so yeah. it's good fun it also helped that you were there to help me as well mark so and uh john and uh russ last year so that was helpful yeah. um play testing road trooper actually weren't we we were playtesting Rogue Trooper, yes. Yeah. But we will talk more about Rogue Trooper later. I have a schedule. Yes, sorry, I wrote a yes. system down and everything, Mark. Come on now. Sorry to derail you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Don't worry. Um, so as I said, we're taking some questions. A bunch of new people have just joined us. Hello. Uh, so we're taking questions at the moment. And if you ask a question, you'll be entered into the prize draw to win a free copy of Rogue Trooper, which will be out later this year. And we will talk about that a little detail a little bit later. Um, so I have some questions uh, here uh, for you, Mark, that have already come in, which is really, really great. Uh, so uh, Ryan here has asked, what has been your favourite part of Dread so far? Um, I, oh, tough one, really. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got so much, so many cool things going on as well. So I think at the moment it has to be the day the Lord died, but then um, that's kind of when I started getting into Dread myself uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. So, um, yeah, we just 
we just had approval on that text as well by Rebellion. So I'm really, really excited mm-hmm. about that. Um, so that that will be the next uh, thing, not in the 2000 AD line, but the ne- next Judge Dredd story we release. Is yeah, that yes, is that right? That's right. Yeah, in behind um, Rogue Trooper, actually. Okay, so that'll um, probably be in the later part of this year or early next year. That'll be coming out. Is it? Yeah. I, I, I'm, well, I'm hoping to make a nice Christmas present for people. So uh, okay, that's what we'll we're aiming for. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> so somebody, everyone wants to know about Road Trooper now. I said no, everybody. We'll do it later. Uh, so there's a question here for us, but I think this is before Mark and myself were involved with the company. So it's a question about the GM screen and why so much uh, space was given to character generation. And there's a suggestion that they could have uh, done different, more useful tables. So noted on your feedback there. But I think, because um, when was it you joined uh, the company, Mark? Was it? So I joined uh, August, September last year. So yeah, it would be after the screen and the core book. Um, we'll yeah. save that one for Russ, I think. Save that for Russ. He, he'll he be coming on in about five minutes or so uh, with Darren. And um, so he, he can uh, talk about that side of things because myself and Mark weren't involved at that time. Um, so uh, questions that we've had ab- about the games is, um, are mutations available, like the psychic mutation? And I think the quick answer to that is yes, mutations are available because they, they feature more in, in different books apart from the core one. Is that right? Yeah, they, they feature heavily in Cursed Earth. There are a lot of mutants in Cursed Earth that try and scrape a living out of the, uh, the wastelands out there. And they have various mutations, including psychic powers. We also delved into them quite a lot in Stronting Dog because Stronting Dogs are mutants. So uh, there, there's even more in there as well. Uh, that includes psychic powers, yeah. Uh, we've also had a, a question as well about what the chances we'll see a Xenomorph Judge Dread crossover. Um, so that is a different license. <laughs> is that is that not fair to say? But um, we this game is used uh, powered using what's old is new, um, and we do actually have a, a kind of a Xenomorph themed, not the official license one, but about aliens in space kind of themed game. So in theory, you could use any of those other other books use, and, and yeah, you blend it with yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, if you have a look on our website, there's a PDF for that. So you could, in theory, do that now uh, if you were interested. So uh, I think the main thing that, um, so I'm asking some more questions here because they're coming in, which is absolutely great because otherwise we'd be sat here just talking the two of us. Uh, and Matt has asked what villains come with the game. And I'm, my assumption is um, in the core book. So if we just talk about the core book for now, because we'll go into detail about the other books as we get the writers um, jumping in throughout the stream. So what villains yeah, are going to come in here? Do, so we, do you, you know? Find, you find Blitz agents, you know, mafia bosses, um, the kind of more standard agents, uh, standard villains that, that a judge might go and do mm-hmm. on a patrol. Um, and as we've progressed into the supplements and the storyline, that's where we've started to bring in the characters that feature in those storylines. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, thinking back to Kerstaff and my involvement, we did we did bring the Angel Gang in, although they'll feature again in, in Judge Child, which mm-hmm. is being written at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we brought in um, some of the bigger key villains that, that feature along the um, Kerstaff trail. You know, it's an epic campaign for, for Judge Red. Um, so more of the main key villains, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to PJ maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the some of the villains are a bit more nefarious in the background than being so upfront for for the storylines. Um, nefarious villains in the background, I like yeah. it. We've had a question which I don't know the answer to, uh, Mark, but you may. Uh, and it's: Is there a plan for when ABC Warriors will be <laughs> approached? I think you've made uh, Russ's day with that question, Chris. 
we we're heading back to Judge Dredd for the time being because we've we've now left him for Strontium Dog and and Rogue Trooper to come. So we're heading back for a few few supplements, but you know we will continue to watch this space really and keep you updated. Is all I can say. Fab. Uh, and then we have another um, question here from Andrew saying, uh, "What's the expected number of players for the squad of judges?" Uh, as he's finding five is is too many. So what what have you found in your games? Um, yeah, I'd say four to six. I mean, five could could easily overwhelm the situation. I'd imagine. Um, mm. I ran. Um, I don't often GM games. I normally play, uh, and I have run one game as a GM, and it was, funnily enough, this very game. Uh, it was one of the little mini adventures we have uh, on our website, the Monkey Business one, and I ran that with four judges, and that felt about right to me. It felt, especially as a new GM, that felt like a manageable table. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not sure how many. If, if you do, you yeah. normally play with four or? Yeah, I mean, my group really goes beyond four um mm. I'd, I'd say if, if it you know if you're struggling then just just think about scaling the encounters add in if a few more monkeys in the monkey scenario or um, yeah they, they are judges they are the powerhouses of, of the uh, setting so mm-hmm. yeah, but you don't you don't have to play judges in this setting though do you you can you play, play judges, no. yeah so you can you play can the play, you can play the perps you could play um some tech assistants the judges although they have detective um you might you know you might downscale it that way I guess for the judges by having a particular spread of uh, skills between each of the judges yeah we've had a, a good suggestion in terms of player count uh, you know, the solution is instead of having the char- all the players be the judges you could have extra PCs you know being not judges yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so that's the judges have called in particular areas there we go that's an easy easy thing to do there okay um, and uh it is a great first adventure to the demo game. Yes, so we uh, usually last year at the UK Games Expo, that was a, a demo game that Russ came up with and it's ended up being written up. And we have a few of them on our site uh, that are PDFs that you can uh, download straight away from there, uh, empublishingrpg.com. Little sales plug there. Okay, uh, so uh, what we're going to be doing now is uh, I think we'll bring in Darren and Russ to come and join us to talk a little bit more uh, about the core book, the writing process, and the Kickstarter campaign that came up for that. Uh, so if you are ready, Russ and Darren, I'm going to bring you into the stream now. Okay, no, here we go. No, no, no. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, uh, Darren, and welcome, Russ. Uh, so, uh, for those of us that are just joining, we are EN Publishing. We are a British uh, tabletop RPG company, and right now we are discussing our Judge Dread and the World of 2000 AD RPG line. Uh, we have just had uh, Darren and Russ join us, who are the writers for this uh, for this game. Darren, you're just on mute at the moment, so if you could take yourself off mute, hello, and then we could say hello. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you, uh, so Russ, do you want to start and talk about? Um, Talk about when you launched this, had the idea, and uh, the Kickstarter, oh, when this I all started. Do I do. I want nothing more than to start and talk about that. Okay, what do we That's good. <laughs> so, um, obviously, so uh, Russ, uh, for those that don't know, is a big boss here at EM Publishing, so so we all do what he says. And uh, so, can you talk about what, Nobody you know... ever does what I say. That's so not true. That's really <laughs> not true. 
so lucky. <laughs> okay, could you talk about uh, the beginnings of this? So when you first got the license to do this VM publishing and uh, the Kickstarter campaign, so how, how, it, how, it, how you made it happen, really? That is the thing I can do. Okay, so. Great. License, license. So uh, this is back when Angus Abramson used to work with the company doing mm-hmm. your job mm-hmm. um, before you joined the company. And uh, Angus and I were talking about potential licenses, and we both loved the idea of a 2000 AD license. And kind of luckily, uh, Angus um, used to work at Cubicle 7, which was based in the same physical office building mm-hmm. as Rebellion. So he had that personal collection. And so it was really easy to set up a meeting. So we went up there, and I, I was imagining it was going to be this really intense kind of scary thing. But we just went into a room, we sat down, we had a chat with them. They, uh, they all knew what an RPG was because they, you know, they'd worked with Cubicle 7 before and um, so they've had relationships with Mongoose and things like that. So they, they, they knew what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And they were just, like, so friendly and just so, you know, they were on board with the idea straight away. It was so such an easy conversation. It took about 45 minutes, I think, maybe an hour in total. And uh, we, left, we, we left that room just saying, yeah, well, we're doing this then. Excellent, great, fantastic. Um, so that was, yeah, so we went up to Oxford to do that, drove back down to Southampton, Mm-hmm. And just uh, literally started work. And I think, uh, Darren, did you know that we were pitching it before we did, or did we contact you afterwards? I can't remember. Oh, Angus contacted me, and it went, uh, if you remember, he contacted me and he said, I've got this thing that we're doing, but I can't tell you about it. <laughs> but it's on your list of Facebook likes, and I'm racking my brain trying to work out what he's talking about. And he says, I'll call Russ, and I'll call you back. Then he called you, and obviously he must have got your approval to say, yeah, tell him. So he went back and he said, it's Judge Dredd and the mm. worlds of 2000 AD. And it took me about 2.2 seconds to say yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I've been a thorn in your side ever since. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say it's you're true. a mega fan, aren't you, Darren? You're a... <laughs> But yeah, so that's, um, I was going to talk more to you, Darren, about, so what's your history with uh, Judge Dredd as in the comic books, and then also your work as an uh, RPG writer? So can we talk about that a little bit? Wow. Um, with 2000 AD in general, my history mm-hmm. goes back to when I was a kid. Uh, comics, comics, comics. My nan bought me this comic way, 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 way back. And she said, oh, you like these comics. Maybe you'll like this one. Mm-hmm. And... It was 2000 AD, and I read it, and I thought, oh, this is a bit different to the comics I was used to reading at the time. <laughs> and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with Judge Dredd. I fell in love with Strontium Dog. And when they released Nemesis the Warlock, that was my mind was, was blown because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. <laughs> and growing up, I always wanted to be a comic book writer for 2000 AD. one of of my things i I set my sights on that and Mm -hmm. then when role-playing games came around i was 10 when my mom and dad bought me D &D, the the uh the good old red box we keep on the borderlands and since then i've always wanted to do role-playing game writing and then in 2000 i had the first shot with dark quest games and it Mm -hmm. was just a small little piece of fiction in one of their books and from that point on, it snowballed over the years. For 21 years, it snowballed on and on and on and on with things like the Doctor Who role-playing game, yeah, Lone yeah. Wolf role-playing game, working with um, other things like Savage Worlds, Shintar, um, and Suzerain, the Savage Mojo. 
and a bunch of uh, indie things here and there, working with Gun Night Games and Alan Barr. And then when Angus contacted me on 2008, that was that was it. I was uh, I was set because one of the things, as I said, I wanted to do this comic book writing. The best thing for me is to be able to work on a role playing game yeah. line that is directly focused on one of my favourite, if not my favourite comics. That's fab. Um, so you've got a fan not just for your writing, Darren, but also uh, for your hat. Just just so you know. Uh, <laughs> so. It's either Naval Criminal Investigation Services or when I'm somewhere around technology, it's no computer is safe. Mm. Uh, that, uh, hopefully that's not the case for this stream today, uh, <laughs> but that should be uh, fingers crossed. Um, so I have a question from Max here, uh, which uh, for the three of you, about how do you determine the dice mechanics um, for the system? So, Russ, I don't know if that's more directed towards you for the system. Uh, yes, so the What's Hold is New System... It goes back, it predates this game, so it goes back to mm-hmm. like uh, six years ago or so, when uh, when I when I created the system itself, and that was very much inspired by some earlier games like uh, West End Games Ghostbusters RPG was uh, the inspiration for the dice because that was the first ever dice pool system as well. A bit of trivia, uh, so that was that was where the dice pool came from. The whole life path system was influenced by things like Traveller and Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and uh, you know a bunch of different because I've always loved life path games as well so yeah it was kind of i don't know it was kind of a little bit it was just kind of like a love letter to some of the, my favorite games of the 80s just bringing all those elements that i really really like together into one kind of cohesive system fair enough uh, we have another uh, question on uh, what's odd is new about have you thought of adding a botch system maybe since there's a well you can read the question there yeah it doesn't work it doesn't work so if you if three ones mm-hmm. is a botch the more dice you're rolling the more likely you are to, to fumble yeah. So, uh, so we've had a bunch more people join the stream now, which is really great. We've got about forty people here. So, hello, welcome. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, we are EM Publishing, uh, the British RPG company, and we're talking about the Judge Dread World of 2000 AD RPG lines at the moment. Uh, if you make a comment uh, and ask some questions, we will answer them, and you'll also be entered into a draw to win a copy of Rogue Trooper, which is the next uh, book to appear in our line. And we'll be having a bit more information about that in about an hour with a fun announcement. Uh, uh, during the stream um so darren coming back to you with yeah. some questions about that so i was wondering if you could talk about your role um in creating this book so uh the system obviously russ kind of uh was the mastermind behind but i understand you did a lot of the writing work for that so what did what did that involve and how did you approach that oh this is always interesting questions <laughs> i approached it by reading any judge dread comic resource online or anything that I could get my hands on first uh, for a while before I even started to write. And then uh, Russ put me in contact with Nick, Nick Robinson, yes. and we created a huge folder of reference. And between me and Nick, we put together almost like a plan of things we wanted to see in the book because we really had no idea what the book was going to actually look like from beginning to end, but we knew we wanted these careers and so we had judge careers citizen careers perp careers and i had to sit through with nick and basically come up with all the careers that we thought would work and add some more remove some we thought didn't work and we went through a whole iterative process that actually took a lot longer than i thought it would in getting a sort of package of each one and then i went off and wrote the text about them to which then russ had the nightmare of editing (laughs) 
<laughs> Look at his face. Look any, at his face. Any, anything to comment on that for us? I see Mark, Mark shares my pain. <laughs> you love me really, man. I am one of the easiest people in the industry to work with. He said tooting his own horn. <laughs> I have to keep it clean because my dad's watching. My dad. Is your dad watching? <laughs> Say hi to your dad. Okay, that's great. So um, I have a question that probably all of us can answer that are here at the moment about um, from Chris asking what our favourite character that we've played in the system so far is. Um, mine, my favourite thing I've done, as I said, isn't actually playing a character. My first game I ever GM'd was uh, this game. So that's kind of my fondest memory. So it's not really a character, but the role of GM is, is what I'll do for mine. So, Mark, I don't know, do you have a particular character you enjoy playing in the universe? Um, I think it just relates to the fun we had at our playtesting session for Rogue Trip, really. I've really enjoyed uh, delving into, not even, we weren't mm. even playing GIs at the time, were we? We were playing some civilians out there. But yeah, it was yeah. fun to, to work through that. Fab. Darren, what about you? Well, like you, I don't tend to play um, IGM, but I must admit I had a lot of fun coming up with the EN system for Strontium Dog by putting my players through hell. <laughs> you mean this, this very book here? This book that arrived this morning as well. Mine arrived today too. Wait, yeah. everyone except me. This is... <laughs> Mine What's going on? Mine and Mark's copy arrived between our stream this morning and just now, but yep. the rest is so, hasn't. Yeah, my, my favourite thing was basically putting um, Jill and the other players through various little bits and pieces of Strontium Dog and iterating on ideas. In fact, some of the scenarios that turn up in the book were, were adapted from things I've done, especially the bounty hunts. Russ, do you have a, a favourite character you've played in the universe? Or are you GMing most of the time? You know, because because I designed the system, like mm -hmm. I find it really hard to play it because <laughs> I just want to run it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess. Every, every time a GM makes a mistake, I'm like, yeah, I will never. Yeah, I, will never time, yeah. I will never GM a game for you, Russ. Never. So you're, yeah, you're, you will. We've had some people commenting the characters they've uh, enjoyed playing in the chat mm -hmm. as well, which is really nice to see. It's great to see people um, kind of enjoying that. Uh, so we've had a question about the general line as well, uh, and that is um, about are we going to see dark judges coming in at any point? <laughs> wow. And sympathy, Russ, that your book has not yet arrived. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the answer to the question is yes. Yeah. Te technically, they should have been next in line after... Um, the day the law died, but but, we, but it's only for one short story, isn't it? It's only so, for one short story, so we were like, let's just move ahead beyond that and then come back to the the yeah, whole yeah. run of the dark judges. Yeah. So yeah, very very soon, really, because um, it's not too far after just old. Yeah, and the other fun thing about the dark judges is is it's going to be when we first start to meet um, some of the psionic stuff that isn't in the core rulebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be fun too. Because like where um, First Earth expanded the music stuff and where um, uh, Robot Wars expanded the robot stuff, that is going to be a big old psionic book as well. Mm. Fancy. We try and work on different elements we can bring in with each supplement. So Kara mm. Staff would have been mutants. Uh, Luna Worm were the, the, obviously the martial, the, um, martial colonies up on uh, the moon. Uh, then Lord I'd be looking into more into the SJS. Uh, Judge Child, we're looking into the administrative side, and and again going back into exploring space with um with the, the line. Mm. So we're trying, yeah, we're trying to bring in a little bit different with each supplement. And the, yeah, Dark Judges will really delve into the 
psychic side of things. So uh, we found out the issue to Ross's audio. It's not Ross's fault at all. Oh, so that's Daryl. He uh, he's a sound <laughs> engineer on our podcast, on our weekly podcast. And uh, my general rule in life is always blame everything on Daryl because mm-hmm. yeah, Daryl's awesome. His fault. Yeah. And he said it is his fault. Uh, so awesome. Speaking Darryl. of the podcast, what is that called, and where can people listen to that if they're interested in RPG things? That is cool. Ooh, Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. To see how that slips off the tongue now. I can say that so many times now. <laughs> no one else can say it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and you can find that at morris.podbean.com or any podcasting app that you may have. It's on iTunes, it's on Google, it's on everything. It's on all the things, all the podcast things, it's on it. Excellent, excellent. So that's just general RP, tabletop RPG news, not yeah. just publishing, it's everything, isn't it? Yeah, so we do the week's RPG news and then we usually have a guest on each week and we'll just talk about their latest Kickstarter or some, something like that. And then we have really, really hilarious, amazing, fantastic, really well-acted, brilliantly timed um, uh, comedic sketches halfway through. And they're really well-written as well. The writer of uh, those sketches is an absolute genius. His name is uh, Russ, Russ, uh, Russ Morrissey, I think his name is. And, uh, yeah, I've so heard fun. that. So, I've so heard his, um, his talent is only outstretched by his modesty. <laughs> Um, so yes anyway I'm going to move on from that just because uh, reasons Um, so uh, this question here I've had about rules for mutations and psychic powers there's in the the rules so far do we have any plans to include magic for future settings well we could have we could have technically added it into Strontium Dog uh, with Lear and Sorcerer yeah yeah Uh, the the Sorcerer but there was it's just so jam-packed full of cool stuff anyway Um, so Possibly with a future Strontian Dog supplement, um, maybe. or maybe, or maybe further down the line with. Um, yeah. Well, if you want to mix magic in now, just pick up the one third of the What's All Is New system, the old book, and that has magic rules in it, and you can. Oh, it's all completely compatible because it's all What's All Is New, so you can mm-hmm. whack that straight in there straight away. Yeah. Speaking about um, What's All Is New, we've got somebody here. So they're starting uh, with What's All Is New new. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what is a good adventure to run uh, with for a new GM? So, if you're a new GM looking to run an adventure for that, I'm quite fond of our latest one, which me and Darren uh, co-wrote, actually, which is the Spartan Gambit. Mm-hmm. So, so, the Spartan Gambit. There's also a, a, a prequel PDF to it, which is a short adventure on an ice planet, and it's all set aboard the starship, which is basically it's not the Enterprise, but it's the Enterprise, but it's not the Enterprise because. It's, it's called a Copernicus, and it doesn't look like the Enterprise, but it's the Enterprise. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and then you end up back on the ship, and it's basically Die Hard on a spaceship. And there are these Spartans, and the Spartans, and they're not Klingons, but they're Klingons, but they're not Klingons, but they are Klingons, but they're not Klingons. And they, they've taken over the ship, and you're all sort of like, you're Bruce Willis, but you're not Bruce Willis, but you are Bruce Willis, but you're not Bruce Willis. And you're crawling through all the lift shafts and all the... The, 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 what do you call them? The, the um, TV things. What are they Main, called? Maintenance. Maintenance, maintenance things, yeah, yeah. And ladders and stuff like that. And uh, try to take the ship back by killing off the Spartans one by one. It's great fun. Jeffrey's tubes. Jeffrey's tubes, yes. But they're not Jeffrey's tubes, but they are oh, Jeffrey's tubes. But they are the serial numbers off. Are they just Jeff tubes now? <laughs> yes. And this was another one that, Darren, you, you worked on as well. <laughs> Yeah, with, with Russ's brief to me on that one was, I want Die Hard on the spaceship. That was it. 
I mean, who doesn't? I've also in the chat yeah. I've linked that in the in the chat for everybody to have a look at. So if you're interested in that, you can download the PDF of that today at this very moment, uh, or you can order the soft cover as well. Um, so there's an answer for something to for a first time GM to kind of write. And uh, Russ, everybody's loving how you explain things as well. Oh, somebody has some nice building work in the background yeah. of the audio there. Basically, next door, every time I go on a stream or do a podcast, I start doing. And honestly, it's been in it like for the last three or four weeks now. Every time, without fail, I suddenly start drilling. So I don't know if anyone else has any more questions for Darren and Russ uh, about any What's Old is New things or about their development of the, the base game uh, coming out here. This was done via Kickstarter, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did that do? Because I wasn't with the company when that... That's really good. That, that, you know, I think it's like £140,000 or something yeah. like that. It's, it's been our best Kickstarter to date, which is kind of unsurprising, really. Yeah. A lot of love for the universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it did really, really well. Super happy with that. Okay, what I might do then, as we have uh, kind of come to end enough discussions about that, I might bring in Andrew a little bit early. Uh, so Andrew, who is here to discuss the Robot Wars with us, which was part of the Kickstarter. Uh, was it released as, as, as part of it? Uh, the first yeah. adventure with it, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. do you know what? We can ask somebody who will know. So we'll bring on Andrew Peregrine now. Hello, 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 Andy. How you doing? Can you all hear me all right? Yes. Hello, Andy. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to the stream. Uh, so for people that are just joining, so every now and then I'll, I'll jump in because of the nature of people dropping in and out. So we are EM Publishing. We are a British tabletop RPG company. We are talking about our current game, Judge Dread and the World of 2000 AD line. And we have the writers here with me. And uh, so, Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself uh, as a writer and your involvement with the line? Hi, all. Um, I'm Andy. I've been working, I've worked on the line for Robot Wars, Luna One, uh, and a couple of other bits and pieces. I've been freelancing for several years. I started with 7C and Buffy were the first things that got me a break in it. Mm -hmm. um, worked a lot with Cubicle 7, done some work with particularly Darren and I worked on Doctor Who together for a lot of stuff. And I'm currently mm -hmm. well working on uh, managing the project for Dune for Modifius, which I'm very excited about and really would love to talk about, but can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been phenomenally lucky that all the, you know, if I had a tick box of things I'd love to work on, I could pretty much tick them all now. Um, and it's just amazing to be in that position. So uh, very, very pleased. Um, and it was great to work on, on Dread as well, because this is... What I love about this one is you can, it, it is far crazier than you expect anything to be. There is, <laughs> usually when you're about to write something, you'll, you'll figure something out and then you'll, you'll, you'll have an idea about what you, where you want to go, where you want to take something. And you go, oh, no, but I can't do that. That's either too weird or dark or that's too off the wall or that's just too plain surreal. No one will get it. And if you do that for Dread, um, it sort of just goes, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. You know, I mean, the, the robots were, uh, they are insane. They are, you know, absolutely, and pretty much every, everyone in Maker City One is, has, you know, serious, you know, issued, the whole city is just a madhouse. And this means you can do just the most weird, incredible off the wall stuff that you just cannot do in any other game. But, uh, it's, uh, which gives you an immense amount of freedom. Um, and again, lets you go to really crazy places, dark places, strange places. You know, the, the variety is just absolutely infinite. Um, 
Fab. Um, and you worked specifically on the uh, Robot Wars. Um, so have you got a copy of the book there to show off? I don't have one in front of me. Mm. Yeah. And this was uh, one of the very early first adventures we did. So can you talk specifically about that? What What's that storyline in the Judge Red universe? Yeah, well, I was our first stretch goal, so that was great to have. Um, the Robot Wars itself, it's mostly came about I ended up with this because I'm, I'm the one who doesn't know too much about Judge Dredd. Uh, obviously, I read it when I was, uh, when I was smaller and uh, keep, kept up with it. Uh, but this is also one of the easiest things to research because we, because of the way we've done things where you, we're working story by story, you can just sit down you know, an hour or two, enjoy just reading that, that whole story again and you're there, you're ready to go. And there's so many more inspiring things, you won't fit it all in one supplement anyway. Uh, so I had come when I'd heard about 2018, the worlds, and uh, this was all happening. I think I I nagged uh, Russ Angus and said, "Oh, I rather fancy doing robust as they they you know crazy robots, and that sounds really great." And then uh, and Ang- you know Angus Russ said to me, "Well, uh, well, we're doing the Robot Wars. It's the first supplement." I said, "What's that one? I better read up on that." And it was all the <laughs> with the robusters. Um, so that was amazing to do. It's the supplement itself obviously covers all the stuff about robots, how to create and play characters, uh, but we not just as a statistical thing, but as a how they think and feel, because that's how robots are interesting in, in uh, 2018. It's that mixture of their desperation, to, you know, it's almost desperation to please humans who treat them absolutely appallingly. Um, there is, you know, robots are, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, they are thrown away, treated as, you know, is rubbish most of the time and yet they are clearly if you read, read the comics thinking and, and even feeling machines you know um yet the other thing that just makes them entertaining to write is that they are so single-minded and you know and their simplicity adds complications mm-hmm. so you know, Walter the robot is is a servant and all he wants to do is serve and so his worldview is quite simplistic that way but in doing that there are a lot of things in the way that character works that makes yeah. things more interesting and more complicated. I had great fun when we did a play test of Road Trooper. I played a, a robot in that and I pretty much made someone that was C3PO. And they were completely rubbish in the combat scenario we were in, but they just knew all the languages and all the social etiquettes and all these things. And that was a uh, really good fun to play with. So uh, I did enjoy that. Um, I do have a question coming in here uh, about uh, the skills here. So I don't know who wants to answer this one. They're curious. Uh, it's supposed to be insight. There you go. The, the skill should be inside, not intuition. There we go. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> so that will be, be that there. Uh, so somebody's also asking that another setting. Uh, so that would be uh, the setting here. But did we did we talk about this earlier in the stream, Mark? Um, somebody brought up ABC Warriors, and I have talked to Russ a lot about Slain. All I could say is just watch this space, really. We're, we're mm. the, way it, the way it works with licensing stuff is we can't actually announce anything without approval from the IP holder, which is yeah. Rebellion. So mm-hmm. we we couldn't tell you even if there was a slain in the works until they gave us the go-ahead to do so. But that we, doesn't mean there is, but and that <laughs> you know, it's, just that, it's just that if we haven't announced it, we, we, it's not that we're keeping it secret uh, just, to, just to mess with people, it's just that we're not allowed to... If we haven't said it, it's because we're not allowed to say it. That's why yeah. we're yeah. basically, yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not big into yeah. keeping secrets. If we've got stuff yeah. to share, then we then we say. We really, really want to tell you what we work on, but we can't. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if I was working on Nemesis the Warlock, I couldn't tell you anyway, even if you asked. 
I can no, say, actually, I can say that Andy has also contributed to uh, Just Shaw, so... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, yes. Yes, so that'll be... works there also. Yeah, so that'll be the next in the Judge Dredd kind of storyline uh, coming along with uh, with with that series. But Road Trooper will be coming out before then, just to be mm. to be clear. We also have to say about Darren, given that Darren is such a Nemesis fan, actually you've been working on Nemesis RPG since you were 12 anyway. So <laughs> saying you may or may not be working on one anyway, it doesn't give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I've had a question from Alex, and he's said recommendations on to where to start with the supplements uh, to build on the core book options. So this might be a good place, Mark, for you to explain how the supplements work with the core book and the you know the way they're kind of intended because they they go along in the storyline. Is that how they're intended yeah. to be played? Yeah. So it depends where you'd like to play. Really, I mean, currently, as you said, the it, the the setting starts way back at the start of Judge Dredd's career. So um, Robot Wars is kind of the very first full story strip that appeared in the comics uh way back in 2100 is it set i think or 20 oh, 2099 isn't it 2099 Dar- darren will know yeah. i mean i would so, um, clearly the one to start with um you know. but, but <laughs> there is guidance in there is guidance in the core book to to pick and choose from different eras um so really it, it at the currently at the moment depends if you want to follow dread judge judge sort of storyline then then start from the robot wars um if, if you're not too picky then then just stick with what's in the core book but on, on in addition to that, another consideration is that strontium dog is a uh completely different setting so it's kind of like a standalone source book so you'll need judge dread core book to, to delve into the rule set uh, unless you have any of the other warming books um but it will stand on its own as a setting uh with with enough rules in there to run it um as a setting separate from judge dread i think robot wars is probably the best one to start with because it's quite a quite a, it's quite an easy concept to jump into and yeah. uh yeah i think out, out, out of all of them even if it wasn't because it became First, chronologically, I think it's still the one I would choose to start with, and not just because Andy wrote it. In fact, <laughs> that's a point against I, I, it. Point <laughs> yeah. um, I, mean, I think that's the strength of things. Anyway, it's that you know, if you if you have a lot of people want to play robots, you want Robot Wars. If you have a lot of people want to play mutants, grab the cursed. Uh, I mean, it's that too. Yeah. You know, grab Luna One, and this is where it would be really good. It's not, I think, you know, they are standalone source books. Yeah, I think Curse Earth is a bit bigger and it's a bit more of an epic adventure, and Robot Wars is a little smaller, maybe a little easier to to jump into, maybe. This lovely book here. That one. I think I this is my favourite of the supplements because this was the first one that has my name written in it. So uh, similar to Andy on that. Um, but um, moving on to talk about the Cursed Earth and Luna One. Uh, shortly, we are going to have John White come and join us. He's having a few technical issues at the moment, uh, but we'll get him to jump in. But Andy, you also worked on Luna One with John as well. So could you tell us a little bit about Luna One, that setting and about that book? Yeah, well, that's that's our the second supplement. So this follows Judge Dredd's adventure out in Luna One, where he becomes the Judge Marshal. So we have essentially a source book all about the moon, uh, which is the themes to it are very much sort of frontier, Wild West setting. So mm. this is where I very much enjoyed. Basically, I, the adventure I wrote for it is essentially High Noon. Um, a group of a gang takes over a small town that's so out of the way of the main cities of Luna One, there's no help on the way. So either you play with the gang trying to do all the things, you know, commit crimes and make the money, all the money they can, or you play citizens of the town trying to get rid of them. Uh, 
but in the meantime, a judge is coming on the next train somewhere and mm-hmm. you know, for a sort of high noon stand up at the end. Uh, you can have all, and this is where you know, I love this this universe. You can go <laughs> in all the the Western tropes, you know, the man with no name, gunslingers at dawn, um, you know, saloon bar fights in a science fiction game, and it fits perfectly, and you can enjoy every minute of it. Um, and that's one of the things I you know, really love about this. Plus, of course, you've got all the other details about that make it a science fiction setting. So, you know, if you go out on the moon, uh, you need to bring air with you because, you know, all those things, you, know, you can die out there. There are some horrible, you know, the moon is no more hospitable in the Judge Dredd world than it is in ours. And, uh, of course, the supplement also gives you a load of bits and pieces about you know, how to do space adventures, what the moon is like. And it also lets you, as part of the judge adventure with that, because we have a sort of campaign outline that you can work with, where you go with Dread. So that's one of our, it's one of the selling points of that one is, uh, although it's a bit of a two-edged sword, because Dread is not the most forgiving of bosses, but you, the first thing you do in that is you have been picked by Dread as his sort of entourage to go and help him in his Lunar One mission. And uh, so you can say, why is it your characters have been picked personally by Dread? And of course, uh, all the way through, you know, a lot of player characters might be going, oh, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll just get Dread to sort that out. You do not want to do that because you do not want Dread to turn around and go, why can, he, why can a group of qualified judges not handle this? Uh, that's, you know, that's a Dread, you know, as a boss, he is somewhat a hard ass. And, um, but you can interact with him, you can play the game uh, with him as a character there, uh, and he doesn't overshadow the adventure, which he is going to do in these things. So, Fantastic. That's yeah. a really good thing. And we've had um, somebody mention the issue of uh, Law of Judge Reg featuring that. So if you're interested in reading the comic books, link to that. Uh, there is a little link there. Talking through uh, Luna One, because Cursed Earth, uh, John John wrote that as well. Um, so this is the book that he also wrote. Does anybody have any qu- questions about kind of the Cursed Earth? Or I don't know, Mark, if you want to talk through that setting and what's what's kind of involved with that. And show the map. The map's a gorgeous bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was a, we do uh, have a map that you can make, that you can buy separately as a thing by itself. Where is it? Was it A2, big A2 piece, Russ? There we go. Yeah. That is also the only official Cursed Earth map that exists, I believe. That's being printed outside of a a comic. Outside of uh, being seen in the background of a comic panel, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that is available on empublishingrpg.com, so you can purchase that from there uh, at the moment. So you can find that on our site there, along with all of these books. We should have used and, it as a Zoom background for things. And interesting, we we do we should have used it as a Zoom background instead yeah. of all these various characters. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, uh, so all of our products are available on EM Publishing RPG as PDFs and as physical copies. And what we do at EM Publishing is whenever you buy a physical pocket copy, you do get the PDF for free as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, Andy has to actually cycle around to your house and give you the PDF. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes it's, 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 my, it's my day job. I have to do yeah. <laughs> Signings. Signings make it cost less. <laughs> so we've had. Wh- so good, I'm a delivery driver as well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sign of the times, sign of the times, aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, so we've had a question. Uh, sounds like John is one busy dude by the sounds of it. How does he cope with the pressure? So in the private uh, chat, uh, uh, John's just jumped kind of back in. So he's going to 
be just typing back on there at the moment. I'm going to try and bring him in on the stream, actually, because his connection in the mini section of the screen looks um, like he's coming back on. So, John, I'm going to try and bring you back in again, okay? John? So I have to say, what John doesn't know about Judge Dredd in the world of 2000 is not worth knowing. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. I can hear you now, John. Ooh, Are you with us? Am I there? Yay! Yes. I can, can hear you. you. Well. Okay. Uh, so, I've got my need six people now. So. Mm. <laughs> Great. Uh, hopefully, yes. Hi, John. That is good. Good right. to meet you. Right. So, I've missed a bit. I do apologise. That's yeah, okay. You... We would. We're just introducing you and uh, explaining all the books that, that you're involved with with 2000 AD. <laughs> and we've had someone comment that you are a very busy dude. How do you cope with all the pressure of all those projects? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, he's gone again. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but instead, what I'll do is I'll get Russ to do some work and talk us through a kind of a Cursed Earth project, um, uh, which we've already kind of touched upon, and Strontium Dog, which is... Uh, the thing that we recently just uh, fulfilled so everyone that pre-ordered it should have had their copies now and everyone yeah. here except Russ has that. Except me, yeah. I'm the one person that has I don't have one yet. Uh, but you didn't work on it, did you? So go, Andy. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> you still want a free book. This, this, is what, this is what I miss at conventions. It's, it's when we go to conventions, then I can steal <laughs> yeah. product. That is that is true. You That's, can. Oh, I don't have. Oh, I need that for research. Can I? Can I get that? Yeah. That yeah. is fair. Speaking yeah. of free books, for anyone uh, that has recently joined the stream, if you make a comment or ask a question, we will answer it. But also, you are entered into a prize draw to win a copy of Rogue Trooper, which is our next upcoming book. And shortly, we will be talking through a fun announcement about that as well. Um, so. Yeah, so moving up to Strontium Dog. Russ, what can you tell us about that? Mm, what can I tell you about that? Uh, I can tell you it's awesome. I can tell you <laughs> it's, it's very rare. <laughs> no. well, it would be better for Mark to do that, because, Mark, your name is actually on the cover here. So, um... Strontium, yes. Um, I mean, again, the same sort of thing with uh, John, really. It, um, Darren wrote pretty much the entire book. Um John contributed to the stat work, and I know I, I added some bits in for the character creation side of things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the projects where I'd, I'd rocked up. Um, Russ gave me Care Staff um, straight off the bat, and then Strontium Dog was being written in the background, so we kind of developed that as Care Staff was crea uh, being created. Um, and Darren kind of like delivered all of the text, uh, and it was it was down to us really to turn that into the book it is. But it was it was a fantastic kind of opportunity really to set up some of the um some of the production systems we have in place now um and smooth things out it was a, it was a, a really a great pleasure to work on it's just it's awesome to see it in a, in a hardcover book now um i think the concept is trying to dog such an awesome sell as well it's just like your intergalactic bounty hunters i mean how cool is that your intergalactic yeah. mutant bounty hunters i mean nice. that's all you have to say really that's all yeah. you have to say do you want to go back in time and arrest hitler yeah you can off you go <laughs> We have a question as well about uh, working with a license at 2008. Is that, are we allowed to expand on the game law or do we have to stick uh, to the IP holder's information? Yeah, we don't really need to. There's just 40 years of it. I mean, wow. Well, <laughs> we, we did exactly that with Strontin Dog, really. Um, Darren created a, an entire system for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some new characters and a whole new storyline to go with it. So, so within the bounds of it, it's not 
drawn directly from the comic book. You know, we, we can say this, the, this isn't particularly drawn from the comic book, but yeah, we, we can expand in certain areas with re- rebellion approval. Um, it's, it's within the bounds of possibility, definitely. So, I mean, it's similar to thinking, you know, in, in Luna 1, you know, we created our own frontier town, and that's mm. not really anything yeah, specifically yeah. different to named frontier towns. You know, we, we follow all the same things that are going on, but, yeah. you know, that setting is new, so there's, uh, there's a lot of extra bits and pieces you can do with that. Yeah. I mean, like, we couldn't, like, just change, you know, Judge Dredd and give him a different middle name or something. Well, we couldn't make any kind of change like that, but we can add little... Mm little bits on the periphery. I mean, it all has to go through rebellion anyway, so... Yeah, I think generally, and I think this counts for pretty much every setting, if you're adding something that has never been put in before, like, say, oh, just, you know, add a, you know, a particular drink of coffee or something that people do, the settings usually aren't so worried about that because there isn't something that negates that. But if you want to change something or there is something that, uh, that amends other things later down the line, then obviously it's a completely different... Uh, but you can get a long, long, long way from extrapolating what you've already got. And as, as Russ says, 40 years of comic, there's pretty much nothing yeah. they haven't really covered, really. And I think as, as licensors go, like Rebellion is really, really cool to work with. So, you know, it varies according to who the license holder is, who the IP holder is, and some, some have more layers of bureaucracy than others, <laughs> we said. And uh, Rebellion, you know, they're good and responsive and they're great and friendly and supportive and everything. So that that makes it easier. Definitely. Uh, We've had a comment as well about Warlord games that have a range of minis that are 2000 AD ones. And can they be used easily in the RPG games? And the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, We actually uh, spoke to Warlord Games. I think it was was UK Games X that we had a Mm. chat with them. Uh, But they have actually sent us some of their their minis, which have got lost in our warehouse. But when we find them, we'll put them on our website to sell, (laughs) is the brief summary. Uh, And uh, they actually ordered some copies of our RPG book as well. So they actually sell this product. Product on their website as well, so we kind of um, wait to the product. One of the, uh, was it, uh, that, uh, Mark, do you remember which adventure was it that we put some Warlord Games minis rules in the back of? So that was uh, there was a Fatty's scenario. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. No, uh, it wasn't it. No, um, it wasn't. It was the no, it was a, checkpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah. Ben Rogers, who's who's hanging around in chat, um, wrote Checkpoint Charlie Mole, and also he's, the one, yeah. he's yeah. a fan of playing the miniatures game. So he wrote, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he wrote in the options for using the Strontium Dog characters in the miniatures game. Um, mm. And I've also I've, I've not had a catch up with you this uh, this week, Russ, on it on that. But I had a chat with uh, Warlord directly, so we're we're looking at getting together more closely to have potential for some crossover rules which again mm-hmm. Ben's already written um, so yeah we're, we're looking to help tie the lines up so you can enjoy it across multiple platforms is, mm. is the answer really yeah this is one of the things I, I rather love, love about this industry is there is a lot of cross-pollination you know we, we yeah. all work for loads of different companies and it's quite rare to talk to another company and say hey should we do a thing that will help us both out with a license for them and say oh no 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 you know we don't want you're stealing money from us or any sort of Thing. There's usually everyone, you know, everyone's a fan of their own games. And they all want to help yeah. each other expand and succeed. So um, it's it's a really nice place to work. Business. <laughs> yeah, yeah with Strong Dog, yeah. what was amazing was Warlord. Actually, I, I got in contact with um, one of the writers, uh, Gav Thorpe, and he gave me a whole bunch of stuff to reference from their equipment list, mm. so that I could build out our equipment list for Strontium Dog and make it compatible mm. with mm. the miniatures game. 
Mm. Now, I just think we had a question for John uh, that I have relayed to him via the, the slower internet of text. Uh, and he has come back with an answer so about the persona chip. So uh, John has said that they download the personality of an individual at the moment of death into a chip lodged into the skull. The chip needs to be removed quickly and in a gruesome fashion. Uh, then it is stored in a piece of equipment with a microcircuitry that allows it to talk and listen and also operate the device. The chip will hopefully get returned to the genetic scientists who can install it in a fresh cloned body. And uh, the uh, and also he said that rules for different devices are in the book. Plus, biochips have special exploits. Mm. So hopefully that answers your question there. And we had a, the scenario we did a playtesting road trip actually involved uh, such such a device. If you remember, that was yes. November 2019. We played no that. spoilers though because mm. it's in the book. So. <laughs> wow. I would say anything idea. more. You know, any time in any other game, it'd be really sad when your character dies. But now you can scoop out the chip, make another one, and you've got a magic item. It's brilliant. Well, <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, there's not really permadeath in that many games anymore. Like, you know, 5th edition D&D, it's kind of like, eh, you know, get a diamond. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway. Don't, don't talk to Andy about D&D. Andy loves oh, D&D. <laughs> you'll give me his talk. Like t- he's got a special TED talk that he gives. I've got a special TED talk. But sadly, this is not the place we're going to have that talk. I'm sure oh, Andy will get his own. <laughs> he will have his own live stream talking about his love for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but here we'll be talking about Judge Dread and the worlds of 2000 AD. Well, as, a, as a sort of segue. Um, okay. I have to say, I'm running the Dragonlance campaign at the moment, so, so um, that um, what, I, what I find I quite like with it is that I, f- I feel I'm Russ's nemesis because we share the same birthday. And you know, so one was born you know, loving more simulationist narrative, um, D&D-like systems, and I was born more narrative and, uh, and the other way around. But this is what I think has been great working on Dread, because when we did our original playtesting, um, most of the other guys in the team were doing adventures where they want to do the battle maps and, and figures and uh, a more simulationist style, which is great. But of course, I come from a slightly different background. And so my plan was, oh, does this still work in a narrative way? And it absolutely does. And I always think that's quite a nice strength of the team. We've got a lot of mixture from different, st- not just, you know, we're not all just one particular game players. We've got a lot of different backgrounds from how we approach role playing in general. And I think that's made an extra strength to a lot of the books. We've added, you know, we've added things that will fit pretty much any ga- um, gaming group's style of play uh, because we've all found you know, different ways to enjoy different aspects of it and, and make those things work. Um, and it just you know, it works brilliantly for all of those, which has been great. It's pretty good. We just had a question in the chat. Somebody was asking for the link to uh, the mini adventures we talked about um, and all of our products and everything we're discussing here. You can download the PDFs today and also uh, order or pre-order the physical copies of the book at our website here, which is enpublishingrpg.com. So everything can be found on there. Um, If you're on top of the screen, there is a little tab that says games. If you're interested specifically in Judge Dredd and the Worlds of 2000 AD, wouldn't you know, there's a little button you can click there and it will show you everything uh, in that line there. And this, um, I think, is a nice segue leading us in, uh, Russ, to uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit earlier. Should we do a little announcement about Rogue Trooper? Would you like to? Uh, I, th- I think Mark should be allowed to do that. I will pass that to Mark then. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, you don't have to. But I, thought, I thought you'd enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, so we just had confirmation this week from Rebellion that we have final approval for Rogue Trooper uh, as a supplement. So that item has now gone on sale today as a pre-order item. You can head to our website and pick up the... You'll instantly get the PDF. Yes, um, and the you will get the PDF straight away. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's on our website. Head on up to our website. Uh, you can buy the PDF right now for... 14 grade or whatever it is, uh, or you can pre-order the hardcover and you will get the PDF immediately for free if you do that. You can. And I've just put the direct link to that product on our in all the, the comments there. So if you want that, there's the direct link. Uh, but also, if you, you can find it by going through empublishingrpg.com and just uh, going on to yeah. Judge well, I'll put something on the front page of the website once this finishes. The only reason it's not on there is because I actually said it live before the uh, stream started and didn't tell anybody. So I had to leave yeah. it kind of buried a little bit. So. But now, now I'll, I'll, I'll make it more obvious. <laughs> yes, so that is now live on there, so you can go to the site and pre-order it. Uh, we're thinking the physical copies of the games should be with you November time, were we saying that? Ish, yeah, ish. November time. Before yeah. Christmas. Before a Christmas. Before this Christmas <laughs> in November time. <laughs> um, so yep. it is a 196-page hardcover, so it's a full hefty tome mm-hmm. full of uh, Rogue Trooper goodness. Mm. So what can you tell us about the book? For now, those that are interested. Uh, Yeah, Road Trooper. So we've had a few questions about it, so I might plug some of them up uh, whilst you give a little summary of it for those that... I mean, before we go into that, I should say we've had several weeks of blogs worth of delving into the book. But um, yeah, we can cover... We can cover some of it here, definitely. And the Um, blog is on empublishingrpg.com, just to Mm -hmm. clarify as well. Under the news tab. Mm -hmm. So what what can you tell us about Road Trooper as an overview for perhaps people that... yeah. For one, I can tell you um, it's based specifically on the original Rogue Trooper and some of the spin-offs around that, so the 86s, um, that kind of thing. We haven't delved into the whole Friday universe um, because mm-hmm. we didn't want to go down the route of alternate Rogue Troopers and um, we wanted to keep to the core core element. Um, so it's uh, Rogue Trooper itself was uh, based around a war for New Earth between the Southers and the Noughts um, and the iconic GI clones kind of led the, led, led the forefront for that war in the comic um, there was a there was a massive massacre and Road Trip was left as the only GI. Um, we've delved into how to give players options to play as GIs outside of Rogue, um, or just play your your kind of civilians or or criminals that might fall in in the different elements around New Earth because it was a, a, a paradise before before it became a battleground. We've got plenty of uh, uh, excuse me character creation <laughs> options again uh, and the life path systems. Um, then we go into all sorts of the equipment you can find on New Earth. We explore various um, campaign options um, and the elements that you can explore in in uh, Rogue Trooper and, and the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we head out across the galaxy, really, because the, the, the comic itself started to explore some of the other areas that the Noughts and South has um, mm. expanded into or, or uh, grown from before the uh, New Earth became a battleground. So. And then there's a massive, huge uh, NPC section once again for some of the iconic characters from the strip. Yeah, it's a big book. Big book. It is a big mm-hmm. time. New Earth is definitely not what it used to be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so we'll take questions now on Road Troopers. If you have any questions about the book there, so you can go and pre-order it now. Um, as, as we've mentioned, we've had a couple of people already go and do that, which is excellent. So I'll have all those details ready to fulfill as soon as we have it. Um, we have a question as well about going back to Dread as well. So about the hot dog run. Did we do something about this? Was that 
something mentioned? So there's a career option in the core rule book, which represents mm-hmm. you taking a hot dog run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could work well as a mini adventure. Maybe one of those PDF mini adventures we do as yeah. a hot dog run. That could work well. That could work, yeah. Yeah, sort of a level zero introduction adventure kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's broke again, cast off, so there's, there's a little bit of talk about heading to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a question here as well. Do the players keep playing their characters once they are chips in equipment? So again, we give some advice around that. Um, the the main thing is that you will still play your chip, uh, your chip's personality, but we suggest that you bring in uh, another character option until you can get yourself recloned. So yes. Um, Yes, and just to, as a testament, show how quickly you can have your products. Somebody has just pre-ordered it now and is currently looking at the PDF. So if you if you if you're really interested and you want to know, you can talk to us about it now and be flicking through. So you can go to empublishingrpg.com and order it and you'll get the PDF straight away. Um, so a question we've had here is, will there be other supplements uh, for other rogues from the comments on the side? Well, it's a conversation I've been having with John and Ben, because Ben, who's on our chat at the moment, um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, provided a couple of scenarios for the Rogue Trooper book. So I'd definitely like to go and to the Nordland side of things and look at the Jaeger investigations would be pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure if we haven't made any plans yet for jumping ahead to tour or Azure, but again, it's, it's going to be a watch this space. I mean... Um, we've definitely got scope to revisit Strontium Dog and Road Trooper in, yeah. in future. Well, one thing we do do is we do mini adventures in PDF format. Mm-hmm. For we've done them for Just Red, we've yes. done them for Road Trooper, and we'll continue doing that for those. And we'll also do it for any any new things like you know Road Trooper that come out. And that'll just be an ongoing thing. Yeah, I should say the eighty sixes and Jaeger are talked about in in the Road Trooper book. Yes. Um, it's just whether we take that further with with a specific supplement delving into investigations in Nordland with Jaeger, that kind of thing. Um, another question we got about Rogue Trooper as well, uh, given it's having constant battle zones, is there advice on how to handle the big battle scenes um, in, in the book? There's a whole section on campaigns, and I don't mean like there is a, a campaign, in the, there is a campaign in the book, but um, there's a whole section on how to handle campaigns and the kind of things you can expect. Um, we don't particularly delve into big battle scenes, um, other than in a narrative... Um, uh, I'm chuckling to myself because I know Andy's just written a similar kind of thing for Judge Child in reference to um, space, Starship Travel. Um, so, yeah, more in a narrative sense than any kind of hard and fast rules. Good to know. Good to know. That's, I think I'm, we're up to date with a lot of the questions at the moment that are coming in. Oh, so if you have any other, any other Sorry, questions... No no, Sorry, no spelling mistakes spotted yet. Spotted. Yeah. So, so far, no spelling mistakes. But if people find them, I'm sure they will message us to stay. Yeah. And you can email mark at empublishingrpg.com if you spot any spelling mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> any, any at all, Jessica, even the, the slightest one. The slightest. There, don't, there don't even have to be spelling mistakes in our books. Just any spelling mistakes you find anywhere. Even well, any, any RPG. In or any, any book. RPG. Or yeah. Any, yeah. Yeah. Street side, anything you see. Yeah. Okay. Pamphlets. Although you might, you might want to specify, do we use American or English um, spellings? <laughs> the number of times I've yeah. seen big one. There. Someone had a complaint about, um, you know, uh, some book that I've worked on. So there's spelling mistakes everywhere. And I said, you do know it's in British spelling, don't you? Oh, actually, maybe there's not quite so many then. <laughs> yes, we are. If you could not tell by my toffee accent, we are a British RPG company. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
to Oxford Common or not is the big one, though, I guess. No, now, now yeah. no, you, we thought don't, the, we don't. you thought the D and D argument was a big one. No, and we've had a couple of questions as well about tokens for the 2000 AD line. So we do have a token set currently that you can order on our website, uh, which yeah, I'm listed. Yeah, yeah. Buy, buy that, and we'll consider making some more. <laughs> we do have it's a lot of idea, our. Actually, it's a good idea. <laughs> we do have a lot of our token sets in our warehouse. So what we would need to do if people were looking more for the other lines, we would need that to be kind of successful and go through to prove that it's a, a good option for us. Is that fair to say? Uh, so if you're interested in more tokens, buy the current tokens, and you can do that on empublishingrpg.com. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the phrase is vote with your wallet is the, uh, is the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we have a question as well about the characters uh, and they're based there. Uh, you, absolutely, there are no options, yeah. As we've talked about Jaeger already, um, there are definitely Nordland options. Uh, Strigoi feature heavily in there as a character, as a species, um, and there are, there are careers for them also as well. So. I think I was Strigoi in the uh, playtest, wasn't I for that one? Yeah, so, we we uh, were. It was. Um, that was a lot of fun. What, what did I play? I can't remember what I played now. I can't yeah, either. I think you were an ape, weren't you? Yeah, I think you. No, that was the scenario we played. Was it just red scenario? I think we did. I think just. No, the ape was what I ran. And, uh, I had a feeling that you'd done an ape in that as a player character as well. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, I can't remember. <laughs> Apes were I have the, no idea. Yeah, yeah and, and the person asking about more tokens, in fairness, has already purchased the existing token set. So uh, so well done, you, you're doing fine. Uh, encourage your friends, <laughs> families, and passers-by in the street. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about Rogue Trooper, and we've touched slightly on uh, the day the law died as well. Uh, do we have any information that we can share about uh, the day the law died? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, so as I said earlier, it's um, more heavily featured on the SJS, uh, SJS sorry, the Special Just Judicial Squad, um, because it's set around the Judge Cow storyline, who was the head of the SJS at the time before he moved up to become essentially Emperor of Mega City One. Um, so we delve into their origins and how they have an influence on the judges, um, you know, kind of who judges the judges. So that is the SJS. Uh, we look into some career options with them. We we delve into the um, storyline with Judge Cow, um, how the players can have some influence on that, or you know, running in it, particularly because it becomes so uh, you know, he introduces the curfew. This this becomes even more authoritarian than it is, but on a mad whim, if um, if that's possible. So it just gets absolutely even more crazy um, <laughs> how that affects the players within that within that time time frame. Uh, we give some people some scenarios that can again influence that that time period so uh, we've got like a, a, a rescue walter scene a rescue walter scene um and a few other things happening in there uh and we also um look at the helter skelter uh timeline which happened further on where judge cal reappears so we've uh, we've covered that as well so there's, there's some again some really nice stuff in that supplement to to delve into that time frame for the uh setting uh, we've also had some questions about the Clegs and their representation. Yes, yes. They, they, are, they are a character choice in there as well. Uh, you could you could opt to be on Judge Cow's side, or you can opt to uh, try and bring him down. Excellent. Um, so, as a lot of people are at the moment playing RPGs and doing things like UK Games Expo conventions online at the moment, uh, we've had a question about character sheets um, for things like Roll Twenty and things like that. If we had any plans for that. Uh, not specifically, but that is a good reminder that we should do that. Yeah, I'll yeah. Know now. Yeah, 
I think that's been something that's been on my mind for ages, and it's just yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do that. We, we do have somebody say that is the contact. So yeah, there's there's uh, yeah there's there's a what sort of new one, and in fancy grounds, there's a what sort of new um, module set as well, which will work. With this. It's just it won't necessarily be themed in the same way, but it's the same rule set. So in theory, you could use that for now, and it is on our to do list to do something like like that for 2018. Is that the kind of summary? Yeah, There we go. And uh, tabletop anthologies are... Uh, I'm just going to mute Russ because he um, there's drilling happening in the background there. <laughs> uh, so uh, tabletop anthologies, uh, which they do uh, a stream live stream of uh, playing a 2018 game every week, uh, are working on one as well. So yeah. let them update us well, on that as well. If you if you do have any other questions or would like to see a stream, uh, tabletop anthologies have a have a great roundup every week, and, and they have some roundups of the system and also uh, a bi-weekly stream or sorry a fortnightly stream. I think another great one was the table story guys, and they did theirs. It was about a year or two ago now, but it is so funny, really really worth watching. Worth watching. Fab fab. They are saying that you'll need the book to run through it still. Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean yeah. We've got the contacts to, to make something like Fantasy Grounds happen. It's just we, we will keep you posted on that, definitely. Uh, look into it this week. So that is something we'll be looking into. Uh, just as a reminder for people, um, we and someone said about Table Story Games, they would recommend them as well. So that is good. Uh, I think that might be my GM, actually, for my game I'm running, but I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, somebody's just asked about, are these uploading this to YouTube? It's not going to YouTube at the moment. Uh, in the future, we'll look to do that, but it will be saved on uh, Facebook and also on our Twitch stream. Uh, so if you go onto our Facebook pages, I believe where you're watching it now, um, it sure will be on there. We ex export them and upload yeah. them. I would have thought... I'm sure we can it get works. it. it I'm sure like I can it. get it on YouTube at some point, but at the moment it will be saved on Facebook videos, and I can see the person asking is already on Facebook commenting via there. So, hmm. and that will be on there straight away. Um, but yes, uh, we will look to get them to go to YouTube. We, this is our first time doing any live stream like that, and I've kind of had to organise it all. So, uh, I've done my best <laughs> uh, with it. Uh, so we have some other questions as well. Uh, oh, we have something for you guys saying a thank you for creating the games. And it's fun to support indie games designers and that they enjoy playing Judge Red. So they really want that free copy of Rogue Trooper. Yeah. So I'm doing it via a random number generator. So everyone that comments, uh, they, there is a number assigned to your comment. Uh, and so I will just do a random number generator. Um, so that is how we're going to be doing that uh, in a moment. I'm just going through to check. There's one there that I can address. Uh, oh, yeah? Not not the best phrasing, but a woman left with playing dolls or things like Sister Sludge or a female troop is given... Feminism, yo. Yeah. So, yeah. So there is a content warning at the start which covers, yeah, some of the historical influences of um, the strip itself and the more earlier problematic terminology, I guess. Um, and we've tried to address that in a content warning bar. Um, yeah, female troop is a totally an option, um, and that's covered in the um, doll section. And yes, they are unfortunately called dolls. Um, we've we've kind of tried a, a thin line, I guess, tried a thin line between um, between canon, you know, mm -hmm. comic book canon, and um, today's very um, very appropriate social changes. We kind of offered that advice in the content warning box. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and as John said in the chat, that females are used in both armies. Dolls is the is the kind of problematic turnaround term around GI clones. 
that 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 was from Canon, but we've given a lot of advice in there to to steer away from that, basically. Yeah, I think with any RPG games in any setting, um, so you can decide uh, at the table what you want to do in terms of that, whether you want to play on prejudice. So when it, before I ever play a game, I do a thing called Lines and Veils, where we agree at the table, do we have any topics we just don't want to discuss or have exist in this universe? And do we have any topics that can exist in the universe, but we don't want to role play out specifically? Because, uh, you know, anything's fine to kind of role play as long as everybody's happy to do that. And sometimes there are games, you are know, like if you're dealing with something, you're like, actually, you know, I don't want to have this in my game because I deal with enough of that in real life. So can we not have that in? And other people are like, no, I think it's interesting as part of my character struggle that they exist in a world where these problems are. Um, so I think it's, it's easy to take that out if you don't want to play with that in your game. Is yeah. that is that fair to say, Mark? Totally, yeah, absolutely. Again, that's that's what the content warning advice is about. And um, we delve into kind of like Battleshock and things in the campaign section I mentioned earlier. Um, now, being an ex-vet, I suffer with PTSD. So there are certain aspects I don't like to talk about at the table. That's all mm-hmm. what the content warning box and the campaign section offer is just, you know, as you said, lines and bells. Yeah. Once you've accepted a world with you know psychic powers, you know clone chips and, and laser guns, then it shouldn't really be a stretch if you want to dial down the patriarchy in it a bit. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I think I think well, that's definitely true. I mean, the world is is very different from from when things were written, and uh, but the Judge Dread universe isn't a very nice universe in general. Not just for you know, it's kind of a bit fascist and uh, not great in a lot of ways. Uh, so <laughs> there is an understanding that we're not trying to say what a great little land this is. It should just be just like this. Um, Wait until you get to Nemesis. But it's really yeah. No, I, think, I think it's kind of important to say that Judge Dredd and Mega City went aren't a recommendation yeah. at all. <laughs> They're a warning, not a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a dystopia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and I think uh, it's it's really nice to see that your daughter is involved and playing RPGs, uh, which is really great. Uh, I think the industry has changed a lot and there's a lot of kind of good representation in the industry now. You've got uh, more women playing games and being RPG writers. I know in the last 10 years that I've been involved with RPGs, uh, it's 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 been very different from the first time I went into an R- RPG uh, kind of convention group and there was a meerkat effect now it's it's yeah. not really that doesn't happen as much anymore um well, that is what happens when you go to meerkat conventions yeah it, it was an rpg <laughs> convention i'm <laughs> on you know the moment in a western where they're playing the piano and somebody that's not local comes yeah. in and everyone stops playing yeah. and they put down the cards uh there can be that moment uh sometimes like the american werewolf in london pub yeah i was just thinking about the werewolf in london exactly <laughs> that's the analogy for that I, uh, I, but, having, yeah, I was just saying an interesting story of the a Polish friend of mine um, who's one of the rare people who actually pulled a role-playing game off a shelf and read it and figured out how to do it with her friends. And they're all mm. you know, a group of entirely girls and they played and enjoyed role-playing for quite some time and they looked up and went, oh, well, there's um, you know, there's a convention in our, in our local town. Maybe we should go and see what you know, other people you know, play this game. But you know, we're never going to meet any boys playing this. I mean, this is all about telling stories with your friends and you know, interaction. You know, boys aren't going to be interested in that. And they took one step into the convention and went, oh, there's <laughs> a different demographic in here. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. If you look at the statistics uh, online, I think uh, in one of the podcast episodes, Russ, you talked about this, that actually it's pretty close to 50-50 of people that play RPGs online. Didn't Was it Wizards yeah. of the Coast that put that data out? Yeah. I mean, it's not 50-50 yet, but I think it's in the 40s now. It was, so yeah. 
And yeah. it's only it was only like five years ago when they said it was about fifteen percent. So it's been a lot of that change has been very recent. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I I, th- I I think you can see it as well. And you also have lots of people that are non-binary as well and queer playing games. So it's I think the fact you can play games online. Uh, so I think really streaming well. really helped level that a bit mm-hmm. because people get to see people um, like this bunch of um, people who they don't know but they might see themselves on the screen and see themselves being represented. And they might think, oh, wait, it's not just for middle-aged bearded men. Look, Mm. there's someone who looks like me playing this game. Maybe I can give it a go. And I think that is kind of, I think that's kind of how, um, uh, not that I'm a middle-aged bearded man at all, because I'm 21. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What was I saying? I've, I've been 21 for nearly 40, 30, 30 years <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 but streaming is so, yeah, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just generally, it's nice that the more these things grow, the more there's a variety of games to attract different people. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, actually, more, yeah. The more we'll time someone will yeah. find something that just clicks yeah. with them. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I just saw that comment in chat. Combat wheelchairs mm-hmm. for the win. Absolutely. Bring mm-hmm. it into yes. my game anytime. More than welcome. Yeah, and I think I think as a company, it's nice working for EM Publishing because that representation is kind of important. I think you asked at my interview, Russell's asking like, and why is you know what do you think about diversity in gaming and why is it important to you? And I was like, oh yeah, I think that is quite uh, a good thing to have and things. And I think everyone here is kind of of that opinion, which is really nice because yeah, really we just about it, which is which is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just we games are for everybody, and we really enjoy playing games, so we want to share them with people. And it doesn't doesn't really matter who you are, as a you know, as long as you've got a nice character concept and you're not talking to people when playing, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talisman Land is absolutely awesome that your daughter's gaining appreciation for two thousand ideas. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Get them playing yeah. Strong Team Dog. Yeah. And okay. I mean, it comes down to the more the merrier. You know, the more we have people from different backgrounds playing the games, the more they bring more stuff. To the game, you know, there's innumerable stories out there in all manner of different places mm-hmm. and cultures, and you know, if you just, if it's, if the whole market is made up of one type of person, then, you know, it's just horrendously limited, you know. Yeah. And we all okay. want more stories. Yeah. For sure. Uh, would you guys be happy to talk about the yeah. 2080 line and future projects that we're allowed to talk about that will be coming <laughs> up? And just do a summary of 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 what we're doing with that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, most of the time, if we're allowed to say something, we'd have said it because we don't, like I said earlier, we don't keep secrets. So, you know, if someone, you know, asks us, you know, can you tell me what the release date is for this thing? I haven't seen an announcement anywhere. Like, That's, <laughs> no, we're not keeping it secret, waiting for someone to come and ask us. <laughs> you know, as soon as, as soon as we have that information, it will be out there. I, yeah, I really can... wanted to talk about this. Originally. Yeah. And the only person I think I talked about to was was Mark and Andy, <laughs> and that was before Mark joined us. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I, I wanted to do Strontium Dog. Um, yeah. Maybe we could talk about the uh, the worlds of 2000 AD we'd really love to do. Uh, were we able to get round to that product yet? Okay, yeah. I've, mm. I've just realised I took that question out of context. Then actually, I think he means 2000 AD character from the comic strip, doesn't he? <laughs> And I took it as two hundred character that we played. Um, so we're kind of coming to a bit of a wrap up of, of this stream here. It's a little bit shorter than we planned because we unfortunately we couldn't get John on to ask the questions live. He has been in the private chat, chipping in here and there where he can, though. So thank you, John, uh, for for bearing yeah. with us there. Um, so before we go, did anyone have any other little questions they wanted to go through in the comments? Now is the time to ask them. 
Um, and as a little wrap up for us here as well, if there's anything we haven't haven't talked about that we wanted to, uh, now is our time as well. So I don't know, Mark, do you think we've sufficiently gone through the 2000 AD line? Uh, I'll probably delve into Stronton Dog a bit more, but I think, yeah, it's just a great option in Stronton Dog to play uh, intergalactic bounty hunters in in a galactic playground. It's, you know, the, wor- the world is your oyster with that, really. It's all mm. the galaxy is your oyster. It's a really great fun ride um, as, you know, as mutants across the galaxy. Yeah. Um, or you could even play the Pirates if you wanted to be hunted down mm-hmm. by the Stronton Dogs. <laughs> and this we do have that bounty hunt system so we can find out who you are and what you did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I wish about the book, actually. Okay, great. And this book, if you do not have it now, is available on empublishingrpg.com to download the PDF today, and we'll send it to you in the post next week. Everyone with a copy should hold those up just to remind Russ that he hasn't had his yet. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be with you on Monday, Russ. It'll probably be with you then. Chris asked the question of the favourite character. Johnny Alpha, mate. Um, Judge Dredd, for sure. Got to be. Nemesis, Nemesis the Warlock. We are having lots of thank yous oh, yeah. for the stream, which is really There's great. The, uh... And people saying uh, thank you. Uh, it's been good to watch. Uh, thanks for the stream. Enjoyed both of them there. Uh, we have I was, had... best. I was the best, wasn't I? It's important that I was the best. If no people one... don't say I was the best, we're going to cancel everything. No, one, no yeah. one's commented that, actually. I'm looking <laughs> through. No one said. No one said that. So that people someone saying the mutation tables really great as well there. So one of our writers there. Uh, we have a, a question. So one of the last minute questions is, uh, are you the killing? Are you dealing with that or could, uh, could it be run with it? I don't understand the context of that question. So I'll leave lean over to you guys. Mm, not uh, currently. Um, not currently. Sorry, okay. you say something there, Darren? No, I'm just saying in relation to that, I think, Mark, do you, you want to take that one, don't you? Oh, no, I thought you had something to say. Sorry, that's why I passed it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not currently. Okay, cool. Good to know. Uh, and we have confirmation that Russ was the worst. And wasn't the worst. <laughs> Jessica. Wasn't the, wasn't the worst. I think it said was. <laughs> uh, you know, Jessica was the best. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there we go. And uh, Russ was the second best. So, mm, yeah. I disagree. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he said you were the worst. He has clarified that he said wasn't. Wasn't the worst. There we go. Uh, I'm going to hang on to this uh, this comment here and uh, put that on my CV. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I, <laughs> I get what he. Yeah, I think he means Johnny Alpha's death. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was I, I was I was trying to think the best way to answer it is uh, the timeline okay. in Johnson Dog is there. There is the whole thing all the way from the beginning of Alpha's career to the end and beyond in the timeline. But in the actual book itself, we present the Strontium Dog universe. So if you want, you could run your campaign set post-Alpha. You can run them, if you wanted to, you could run them as though Alpha and Wolf never existed. Mm. So the, the world is your, well, the universe is your all oyster. The EN system is there. Even if you don't want to delve into the canon worlds of Strontium Dog, you can just play around in that entire thing and never touch a single Strontian dog world, mm. any of them, Cancia, you name it. Yeah, it's all yours. Yeah, Darren did a fantastic job with the timeline. Um, and there are, we do give guidance now on whether you, you know, the, the retcon of the storyline where they bring Johnny back, that kind of thing, what, what you yeah. want to do with it, the explosion of the doghouse, that kind of thing, that's all covered in there and, and options for. 
whether you'd like to include it or exclude it or just ignore it altogether as the comics did. So, um, and I have yeah. to give a massive shout out to Steve Green who did the Strontium Dog fan film um, because his timeline was instrumental in me actually creating the whole timeline for Strontium Dog. Uh, it saved me a great deal of work. And we just had confirmation yeah. that Russ was the best for drilling noises. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a conspiracy. It is conspiracy. No, hey. Every time I do a podcast, they start drilling. I'm convinced they've got a secret camera in here and they're waiting for me. Yeah. We didn't have Hudson make an appearance, though. Yeah. Well, well, Hudson, Hudson was the best. Hudson, come here. Hudson probably is the best. Is Hudson doing the best? Yeah. Can you, can you get him on camera yeah. or can we see him? Can you come back, Hudson? Oh, there we go. Yeah. They were really coming through the walls. <laughs> so with me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fab. Well, I think uh, we might wrap up there. Tina, a bit early, uh, just due to some technical. Oh yeah, we're sort of talking about now, so I think we have finished. Yeah, I think it's it's gone down into into uh, into that. Um, so first of all, I'd like to say some uh, thank yous. Um, so first of all, thank you to everybody that watched and commented, which is really really great. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this, and we were worried that we'd be talking to an empty room. So it's really great that we've had so many people watching and, and engaging with us across Twitch and across Facebook. Uh, if you missed part of this video and would like to see more of it, or this morning stream we did earlier, they are both on our Facebook pages to watch. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Mark and Russ for coming along and joining in this morning stream, and also now, thank you for your time. Uh, to Andrew, Darren and John, thank you for writing the books and for being here. John, sorry that the, the technology failed us. Uh, but yeah, so thank you to everybody for taking the time to do that and to the UK Games Expo for hosting this online. Hopefully next year we'll be able to attend in person. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all from us today, folks. Well, I think thank we should have an EN panel next year if everything's okay with all of us. That would be absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I'd love to arrange that. We had some plans for the actual UK Games Expo this year, but it kind of got... Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really happen. Uh, but for future years, we would love to get the writers in so we can do signings of books and talk through stuff and, and maybe have a, uh, some panels uh, where people can, can meet in person. And again, congratulations to Chris Drake uh, for uh, winning the book, and we will say that to you as soon as possible. Yeah, and thanks to you, Jess, for doing yeah. that. Yeah. Job on Absolutely, yeah. massive thanks to you. No problem at all. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Well, thanks very much. We all say goodbye now. So thanks very much, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.